Kylie, you look a little different today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a mustache. <laughs> Welcome to the Impact Defense Podcast. We are dedicated to giving you the information that you need to help keep you safe. Now let's join our hosts, Brian, Jada, and Kylie. All right, guys, so we are actually back with Steven. Um, we brought him back uh, for a couple reasons. Number one, I got a couple comments about the last one that he was on. It was very entertaining. Uh, number two, um, we're going to actually talk about something a little different. We're going to talk about the... <laughs> you good. Yeah, I just had to adjust a little bit. <laughs> just trying a new, like, tourniquet carrying method. It turns out it's digging in my love handle. So oh, gotcha. <laughs> so we're going to talk about uh, the the Kyle Rittenhouse case and what that means for self-defense kind of law-wise moving forward. So basically, we wanted to preface this with no matter where you are on the issue, this this case was always going to have a lasting effect on self-defense rulings. Yeah. And so that's what we're here to talk about. Yep. It's a really um, pivotal, especially in, in times like these where, you know, you have protesting, quote, unquote, and, uh, you know, they're riots. It's what it is. It's It stops being a protest when you start burning businesses down. But, um, it's just true. you know, and, and things like that and kind of where, where you stand as far as your ability to defend yourself while, while working in those, um, you know. You know, not everybody's going to kind of be on the same thing. So you have, you know, kind of have the three, you have three separate people in, in the thing. You have one side that's doing the damage, one side's trying to control it, and then everybody else kind of caught in the middle. Yeah. I was amazed at the amount of, like, people that just threw out things before they actually understood the facts beforehand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I actually had somebody in my class say, was bringing it up. Yeah, I was in a concealed carry class. And i like, well, that one's kind of, there's a lot of gray issues to that. And I like, scooted on past when I was talking about something else. But as I actually was looking at some of the, like, the trial, I realized mm-hmm. there's a lot less gray to this than what I thought there was. Yeah, it was I just mean, a lack of available information at the time. Yeah. You know, they, they really kind of cultivated those gray areas. Yeah. And, um. You know, a lot of people threw out what they wanted to hear, or what yeah. they wanted it to be, the facts to be, which wasn't the facts. Um, so as a quick recap of the facts, mm-hmm. um, he owned that firearm in the state of Wisconsin, so he didn't cross lines with it. Even if he did, he legally owned the firearm. He can right. legally own that firearm at 17. Uh, 16 to 17-year-olds can open carry a long gun and shotgun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was within his legal rights there. Um, you know... The one thing that I saw, and the judge said that defensive property in Wisconsin is deadly force. Defensive property is a gray area. That was the only kind of gray area issue there, yeah. you know. But they were there. But he was like, he put out fires. Uh, he was rendering some medical aid with mm-hmm. a couple other guys. I think that was he took some guy's ankle or something like that, or got yeah. patched up and removed. Um, you know, and let's see. Uh, it, it was very obvious from the videos that. You know, he was he was legal, he was being attacked. You know. Yeah. Um, you watch the videos. He's being chased. He gets cornered. He has no other opportunity but to turn around and shoot in that situation. Listening uh, really, to I his think. testimony too, it lines up with the videos that you see. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. I think it's also a really good, um, I guess, like, like really good reference for uh, for for self defense. We're like, you know. You, you see when he shot is when he was actively being attacked, mm-hmm. and he stopped shooting when he stopped being actively attacked. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, to 
perfect to those like you know par- parts of seconds. Yeah. You know, like the difference between um, not Rosenbaum, the the other guy with the with the handgun mm-hmm. from when his hands were up. Huber. Yeah, Huber from when his hands were up to when he leveled that gun at him. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that half a second, it was the difference between I'm not going to shoot him, I shot him. Yeah. You know, and it was it was those things. So, um, you know, being able to look at that and applaud that situational awareness, especially when you've been chased, your heart rate's, I mean, through the roof, he'd been chased for a pretty good ways. Um, heart rate through the roof, he's already out of breath, adrenaline's dumped, now he's had to shoot somebody. You know, and still being able to differentiate between not a deadly threat yeah. to deadly threat. Um, you know, I can't say that I would have done the same thing because if that dude ran up on me with the gun, you know, hands up or not, I probably would have just seen gun. You know? Yeah, I mean that's like, that's it. Honestly, he made um, and everybody talks about why in the world is a seventeen-year-old child walking around with a gun? Well, he made more mature decisions than. Most of the mm-hmm. adults that I know in that situation, yeah. actually, um, as far as being there. Now, you know, should he have been there in the first place? Is that something he should have, like, risked his life to be doing? That's that's a different argument. That's not an yeah. argument we're going to get on here. We're really just going to talk about, like, the legal side of it and what that means kind of moving forward. We should probably talk about the situations in which he actually pulled the trigger and, like, when he really shot. So, um, listening to his testimony and what he says about what happened is... Uh, he was on his way to a burning vehicle um, to put out the fire. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, he's approached by Rosenbaum? Or was it... I, I, I don't uh, I, I don't get the names right. I don't get the names right. So I was about to say, I'm not going to worry about naming all of them. Just okay. because their names are, are uncommon. And... Uh, yeah. So it's going to be hard to keep up with everybody. but Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean. But in that time, that person's trying to, like, grab his gun, starts chasing him. And he's yelling for other people to kill him? Yeah, he's yeah. yelling. Threats yeah. <laughs> him. And according to the laws of Wisconsin, and I don't have, um, I don't have my phone down here with me, but um, they do differentiate between freedom of speech and then disorderly or um deadly threats basically like that is but you'll have a a similar thing in north carolina where you have disorderly conduct or incendiary speech Mm -hmm. and stuff like that where if you know um you know depending on where you at you know you have freedom of speech you can say whatever you want but i can't communicate threats to another person you know um Mm -hmm. creating an open disturbance and and things like that uh you know we're still outside of the law on that. Yeah, so when it comes down to it, he was being threatened and chased. Yeah. Uh, and so you see him run into that group of cars at a car dealership that was being targeted. Um, and there's this group of people that are blocking his way around the well, cars. They're there kind of messing yeah, they, around and, they are. and doing some damage um, and stuff. But his testimony is that he's running towards this group and he sees all of the people blocking his way here. A line of cars blocking his way there so he can't continue running and that's when he turns around um, obviously he's turned around and he can't see that the people have now dispersed and are running away um, which that fits with the testimony because after the whole situation where he did pull the trigger and everything he says when he looked back the people were gone um, 
that completely fits with the video. Yeah. So. Probably because they heard four shots pop off like that. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> and, you know, like, can't blame them. No. <laughs> yeah, like, no. Generally, when people start shooting places, you want to kind of ease away from there. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Or or run or yeah. you know. <laughs> or pull out your phone and record whatever. It's not uh, not it's everybody's supposed to make it. It just is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some people earn their Darwin Award, and that's just that's okay. You know, that's true. It's very very safe to say that if he was there to shoot people in the first place, he wouldn't be running away so much. Yeah, it, exactly. And I think they've proven through videos and stuff like that. He didn't walk into the crowd or you walk in and start pointing his gun around at everybody, like mm-hmm. they said. Um, you know, it was just a lot of, like I said, it was just too much crap thrown around. So, okay, what can we learn if we're going to be in a defensive shooting kind of situation? What are the things that we need to learn from this situation? I guess that would be if you carry a weapon, open carry as much as I don't like it, or concealed carry. Like, what do you need to think of going forward? If this trial had gone the other way, that would have been a really big blow for the, you know, self-defense. You One know. thing that, that he did well, and that's what I tell people that open carry and stuff like that all the time, um, you know, he had he was within the law uh, to carry that weapon, and he also had it slung to him. He had some form of attachment to attach mm-hmm. that rifle to his body so that it couldn't be stripped from him. Um you know, especially when you have people that bad breath of distance and you're fighting in those close quarters, especially with something as long as a rifle, you know, that's, it's really important. Yeah. Um, it'll keep you from getting shot with your own gun. Um, you know, the second thing he did right was he brought a bigger gun than everybody else did. <laughs> I, you know. So, I mean, you know <laughs> yeah, in that situation. Yeah. Rule one of a gunfight is bring a gun. Like. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> and preferably, bigger than the other guy's gun. Like, he tried to escape the situation first. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious the kid didn't want to take life. Like, you know, he's yeah, especially when you start watching the videos. He, it yeah. was very obvious that yeah. that was his last resort. Yeah. In every situation where he pulled the trigger, it was his last resort. Yeah. And the the last person that he shot, Hubert, the one who got shot in the arm, the one who was actually pointing a gun in his face. Um, admitted that he didn't actually point the gun at him until uh, Huber himself was pointing. Yeah, but yeah, he didn't get shot until. At, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, he didn't get shot until he was pointing the gun Which at is him. another, like, you know, kind of an important talking point, too, especially when you talk about um, carrying medical and stuff like that. Like, uh, you know, all my rifles and stuff like that have usually got some tourniquet or something attached to the stock or the sling or something like that or I've got one nearby and some other gear that I have um, if you look at people tend to threat focus which at that point you know Huber had the gun and he points the gun at him Brittenhouse is looking at the gun shoots him in the arm so the, where most of your uh, most of your gunshot wounds and stuff affect the hands and the arms yeah you know so a lot of people shoot you know through the hands you know shoot the gun that kind of thing so um, having tourniquets and stuff like that are important um, you know for for that kind of thing but how common that is to you know you have a whole person standing in front of you and you're going to focus on that small black object because that's the thing that's going to kill you yeah you know and so the same thing and that kind of stuff happens all the times um you know it's it's almost rare in standard self-defense that you have really tightly 
group shots into the chest or in the head or something like that, it's, it's usually the thing that's actively going to kill you. Yeah. I had not even really thought about the fact that that's the reason he shot him in the arm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the eyes are the windows to the soul, but the hands are what's going to kill you. Like, yeah, that's true. Next huh. would be he, he was trying to get to the police and turn himself in and yeah, tell yeah. them what mm-hmm. happened. It's that's he had really good like actor after action reaction I, I guess would be the the thing because immediately afterwards he gets up he goes to the police line he's like hey guys this is what happened there's a video of that he's walking yeah. forward with his hands walking up, forward like, hands up you know rifle slung that kind of thing um, so afterwards I mean you know generally the thing that should be done if you're in a defensive shooting should probably be Call nine one one. Hey, I'm whoever. This is what I'm wearing. This is what I where I am. I've been in a defensive shooting, you know. And then when they show up, hey, this is what happens. And then pull a written house and shut up. That's yeah. I mean, yeah, really. Like, so when I was doing the training for to be a concealed carry instructor, the the guy that was telling, he said the first one of the first things he said is when you look at the the officers and they come up, you know. You, you just drink a big glass and shut the heck up. You just, yeah. I, nothing. Yeah. Don't say anything. And it's because anything you say can and will yeah. be used against you. Um, he was telling one about one situation where a guy was trying to be nice about the whole situation. He did everything right, wanted to get in touch with the lawyer and everything. But he goes, man, I hate this happened. That's the only thing he said to the, to the officer. And when he got to court, uh, the... The uh, attorney for the other side said, "Oh, you said you told the officer you hated this happen." The guy said, "Yes, sir, I did." And he goes, "So what you're saying is you didn't actually need to shoot this guy." You know, he started twist trying to twist everything around. Yeah, you know, so yeah, it's just best to not say anything. Same thing, I mean, you know, like body camera videos for something like that may not even make it into the report when the body camera video goes in. It's like because that's a that's a standard thing. Obviously, if you have to smoke some dude in a Walmart or something like that, you hate that that happened. Yeah, you don't like the situation. Yeah, you know, if nothing else, you're going to have to pay ten, fifteen thousand dollars for a lawyer now. Like you've had a bad day. You Absolutely. Know, um, you know, minimum. I mean, just on top of having to take life in there, like you're yeah you're having a crappy day. Yeah, you're going to hate that happened. Um, you know, the thing that I would say is just give those law enforcement officers an idea what happened just be like hey i was here he's down there there's his weapon this is what he did and then that's it yeah just be like i'd be happy to answer any questions that you have as soon as i have an attorney present you know um if you've got concealed carry insurance which you should it's not that expensive uh look Um, into uscca mm -hmm. Uh, we may even have a link to that in the podcast so yep check that out if um if you don't have that you're dumb um, I mean, yeah. I mean, because yeah. you think about stuff like that. Exactly, you just said ten to fifteen thousand dollars for a lawyer. You have a self defense insurance, something like USCCA or this US Law Shield. There's other one, good ones exactly. out there too. Um, but they're, you I know, mean, it pay for itself very quickly if you ever have to use it. Exactly. If um, and I'm, I'm not sure if this is, extends to fire and EMS as well, or, but law enforcement especially. If you don't have PBA, um, which will Police Benevolency Association, which will cover you on duty and off duty if you're mm. in a defensive shooting or anything like that um our guys have had to use it because they had somebody die in their custody it wasn't their fault dude overdosed but you mm. know they they had to fight him beforehand and stuff like that so yeah. i mean you know it's a it's a good thing it's cya territory you call them day or night and you're like hey That's good. this happened it sucks and you know they come and take care of you 
because, you know, most of us can't afford to have a lawyer on retainer. Right? <laughs> yeah, I know. And Lord knows if I could afford to keep a lawyer on retainer, it probably wouldn't be a very good one. So, oh. yeah. I thought you were just going to say it probably wouldn't be a very good idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if you can, like, you know, they might have some questions about it and just be like, hey, like, like you're not my financial advisor. <laughs> but, yeah, as far as, like, after, like, after action steps taking place and stuff like that, he did the right thing. Yeah. Um, you know, he made a pretty smart move on that. and you know, When anybody, like, actually sits down and looks at all the facts of the case, the only argument you get most of the time is purely, like, well, he shouldn't have been there in the first place. And like I said, that's not a subject we're really going to cover today because I think a lot of that has to do with your personal choices. Yeah. And in his case, since he was technically a minor, it depends on the state. Um, but, you know, then it might be like his yeah. parents' choices. And but yet, still, like, yeah. A lot of people feel that way and stuff like that. Most people aren't don't really consider themselves wards of their community. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Like they yeah. don't, you know. If that kind of thing happened here, most of the people around here just kind of hunker down at the house and not mm-hmm. you know, and not help. And not, by all means, you don't have a you don't have to extend that hand to help. No. Like you know, it's still we we appreciate the people that do. Um, you know, and it's the same thing. Like um, you know, everybody thought that he went there. You know, he was like, oh, well, he lives some thirty minutes away or something like that. Why did he travel all the way there? kid's dad lived there <laughs> like he lives there half the time yeah you know? yeah it's so i mean I, you know that was that was such a big point of contention when they bring it up in court and he's like yeah yeah my dad lives there like I, I think one thing is really really important that we have to like get from this is know your state's laws on self-defense right because in all honesty if you if you don't know what the laws are and you step outside of those bounds, you, you could get jacked up pretty yeah. easily, uh, you know, legally anyway. And even, like, you could be justified morally and ethically as far as your own compass is concerned and what mm-hmm. other people would consider to be, you know, fine in self-defense. But if you're still outside of what that state mandates, those boxes that you need to check, yeah, you know. So, you know, in North Carolina, we can't defend property with deadly force right there's no right to do so uh in north carolina you know the different states have very different laws on that and it's just like uh citizens arrest mm-hmm. you know georgia has a citizens arrest law yeah we don't here in north carolina uh so you know just yeah know and understand the laws yeah and you can be you can be detained by citizens if it's a great enough offense mm. um you know you can't be if you're whatever if you're attacking somebody i can take you and hold you down until law enforcement gets there only using the force necessary to you know contain you in one area until law enforcement arrives and only until law enforcement arrives when they get there you have to give them be like hey look this will happen mm-hmm. you know it's um it's that same thing so we have like a citizen's detainment <laughs> um usually i advise 90 percent of people to mind your own business yeah you know, that's, that tends to be the thing. Cause like, you know, if you show up and that guy's getting the crap beat out of him and then you go and you tackle that guy and you hold him until the police get there. And it's like, Oh, well, that guy pulled a knife on me. It's like, well, yeah, he earned it. <laughs> like, you know, just, it'd be like that sometimes, yeah. you know, you know, if he's, if he's dishing out and that justified, <laughs> you know, a whooping. It's kind of like maybe, maybe mind your own business. If you think he might kill that guy, 
okay, step in, but like, you know, call the police, get them on the way, yeah. keep an eye out. We always advise the people in our concealed carry class, if you didn't see it start, don't be the one to finish it. Yeah. Like, just, you're going to yeah. call the police and be the best witness you can be, but mm-hmm. don't intervene. Yeah. By all means, protect life, but mind your own business. Like, yeah, because, I mean, you don't know. Like, if you're coming up on a situation and uh, and all of a sudden you see something going on and you make an assumption that the person winning is the vic- I mean, is the aggressor, aggressor and the other person is the victim, you might pull out your gun and shoot mm-hmm. the undercover law enforcement. You might shoot the person that they're – the other person is trying to like, – I'd have to, to do some research and actually find out where it was. But um, actually, Donut Operator did a, a video on it where um, – you know, cop pulls up. Uh, the dude had gotten, I think he had gotten robbed or something like that. And uh, hands up, pulling his gun on him. And he's holding him there. And the cops, he's like, hey, drop the gun, drop the gun, drop the gun. And shoots him in the head and kills him. Well, that was actually the victim of the crime mm-hmm. that, yeah, know, that, that had occurred. Um, and it's the same thing, too, like situational awareness. That cop told him to drop the gun on several different occasions and ended up shooting the victim. Because he didn't listen to his orders. Yeah. Like, you know, when you hear those things, you know, you got to do what they say. You may not hear those things. So, you know, doing stuff, stress inoculation, things like that. Um, super depending super on, yeah, important. Super important. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're able-bodied, uh, you know, definitely you should be learning hand-to-hand skills anyway if you're worried about... Uh, self-defense and personal defense and stuff like that anyway and doing tournaments and competing is a good way to to inoculate stress into your yeah. life if you're wanting to do that same thing with firearms doing yeah i tell people competitions I, I, i'm telling people all the time now i said just i don't care if you're not the best shot if you're if you can handle the gun safely and you're a decent shot uh go do like a pistol competition or something mm-hmm. if you're going to conceal carry go do this because it's going to really really help you out just like stress-wise yeah like tremendously so all right. Anyway, to wrap everything up, kind of in conclusion, know your state's laws. Make sure you follow your state's laws. Um, I know there's a lot of states out there that are like constitutional carry. There's getting more of those states. I don't care if you have constitutional carry. Just take time to study the laws. Find a class to learn those laws because it's really, really important to know mm-hmm. that. Because if you go out there and do it wrong, um, or even if you do it right, I think we've seen this, even if you do everything right, uh, they might decide to make an example of you. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's kind of the big thing. And you don't want to be that person they make an example of. Yeah. I don't know. You know, what you do after the fight is just as if not more important than the fight itself. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to have a second one. You're going to have a legal battle. You're going to have to go to court for it 90% of the time. Yep. Um, there are a few occasions where, you know, they can go, they can look at stuff that happened. They can, you know listen to witnesses and stuff like that just be like oh that dude was definitely pulled the knife on this guy and this guy shot him okay justified we're not worried about that you know we're gonna roll on the rest of this but you know um make sure you understand in your state whether or not you can be sued for smoking somebody even if it's justified in the state of north carolina you can't the family cannot sue you for that um but you know there's a lot of states where they can't uh, you know, understand that. Get concealed carry insurance. You know, tell the police what happened and then say no more. Yep. Very true. And uh, the the more you talk, the more you're liable to talk. Just shut up. <laughs> just sit down and shut yeah. up. Yeah. Tell me you'll be happy to answer the question as soon as you have an attorney present. Just shut up. Mm-hmm. Like, 
So uh, this episode did not have a news story with Jada because basically we're talking about an entire news story. So uh-huh. there's that. Uh, we did not, however, uh, have any kind of ad. And I think we elect the Kylie stand-in uh, for our ad. So anyway, go to Impact Defense Online. You can sign up for classes. You can probably see a picture of my sweet, sweet mustache. Um, you can sign up for concealed carry courses and stuff like that. They got an about URL. They probably have a comment section you should write expletives in there and, and them so that he has to filter all of them out it's a great time it's a great place this is a, a great place to take classes and training and you should you should train more thank you steven <laughs> <laughs> all right guys thank you very much for listening to this episode i hope you have enjoyed it i hope you learned something and uh we will see you in the next episode goodbye <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to the impact defense podcast If you would like to learn more about how to keep yourself safe, check out the articles, videos, courses, and seminars at www.impactdefense.online. We also do training for security teams, churches, businesses, groups, and more. Stay sharp, stay focused, and train hard. Visit impactdefense.com. Impactdefense.online. I can't get impactdefense.com because somebody is holding it won't sell it to me and wants ten thousand or wants to sell it to me but they want ten thousand dollars for it the guy who owns impactdefense.com i challenge you to fight for that web url (laughs) right here impact defense academy i don't know i'll take a day off work we'll call it december 26 it's the day after christmas so we're not going to do it on jesus's birthday i don't think you'd be happy about that but you come down here bring a cup bring a mouthpiece we'll provide the gloves yeah And we'll just throw hands if you think you can handle it. If not, you're a female dog. (laughs) You probably shouldn't own the web address anyway. Exactly, Uh, and you don't deserve to own the web address. (laughs) So come throw hands. We'll make it sanctioned or or whatever you want to do. Uh, You'll have to sign a waiver. Um, You should probably bring somebody to pick you up off the floor. Yeah, I said that. So, yeah, this is a formal challenge to that guy. I don't know your name, but... Come get some.